Books, Kids, and Creations with Tracy Bloom, part of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. I am here today with Squire Rushnell, who is the author of the Godwing series or co-author of the Godwing series and getting ready to create and launch their new book next week, which is the Dogwing book. (laughs) (laughs) And I have the privilege of being here today with you. So thank you so much for being here. (laughs) Well, it is so nice to see you, Tracy. You know, uh, I spent most of my uh, early uh, corporate career watching Saturday morning television all the time because I was a head of children's television at ABC. And so uh, having a TV in front of me on Saturday morning is very natural feeling. Well, great. (laughs) And so you have been writing for quite some time and you um, essentially coined the term Godwink, which um, describe what it is. Describe what a Godwink is. Well, a Godwink, it's a new word in the language, uh, and it came along with the first book, which in the Godwink series, which was, believe it or not, 20 years ago this year, and because uh, and, it came out just before 9-11, and uh, it seemed like very auspicious, divine timing. My clock is... Uh, a little loud, but it's part of the character here of the Martha's Vineyard house, you know. But anyway, um, uh, Godwinks uh, wasn't a word that I had really thought about when I started writing a book about coincidences. And uh, because I was always fascinated by these things that they call coincidence, but I always thought there must be more to coincidence than coincidence. And in fact, I, my, my wife is always uh, amused that I, I used to run Good Morning America, so I'd stand in the back of the control room and, and be amused anytime anybody uh, started a story with, ironically today, <laughs> I'd perk up my ears to see if it was one of those so-called coincidence stories. Well, when I started writing a book, I started thinking that coincidence didn't quite feel like uh, a proper word. Because if you look at it in the dictionary, it says two unusual events coming together, unexpectedly usually, without an apparent cause. Well, what we're talking about has a cause. It comes from divine origin. So therefore, it may seem like a coincidence, but it's not a coincidence because it comes from divine origin. So and the word that popped into my mind was Godwink. And that. that seemed like such a playful, fun, kind of non-threatening name. And so I went back uh, to my little computer and I took out all the coincidence words, stuck in Godwink, and it fit. And even more important, when people started using the word, it fit in the language. It it, it fit and it filled a a vacancy in the language. So that's how Godwinks got started. And now it's it's in the language and people use it. Yes. And dictionaries too. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I know. I was I was looking around and I went, yeah, it is everywhere. And I was kind of thinking, you know, I could go on for hours about the Godwink incidences in my life, you know, where I feel like almost 
everything um, in my life has been one giant God wink where it's like, okay, big guy, I know, I know what you did there. Yeah. Um, so I could go on for a long time, but for the sake of time, I want to focus on your new book and um, talk about dog winks. Um, okay. How did this come to be? Well, dog winks are not, uh, are not, it may be a new word in the language, but a dog wink is a true God wink story with a dog right at the center of it. And so uh, I must admit that we are, uh, we are a little playful and sneaky a little bit sometimes. And sometimes people are attracted to the DOGs rather than the GODs. And so uh, we're kind of sneaking in the side door here and enticing people about dog stories. And they are dog stories. Yes. They're also amazing Godwink stories. And it just happens to have a dog at the center. So we think that this is going to be a new brand extension to uh, the Godwink brand, which is developed on the Hallmark Channel with three movies now and hopefully another one this Christmas. We're just working in the presentation stage. and uh, But Dogwinks is going to be developed somewhere else on another channel. Netflix. And we start shooting our first Dogwink movie in just about three weeks from now. Oh, that's so exciting. And so when you were writing this book, because a lot of the stories in here, I just, I read these and I went, oh my gosh, like they're just so moving and powerful and they really pull at the heartstrings. Not only, I mean, you cannot be a dog lover at all. And these are moving stories. And I was wondering how you found these stories or did they find you? Yeah, it is the latter, Tracy. Every single time that my wife and I, and she co-authors uh, books with me now, the last six books we've done together, and she was the one who, by the way, said, I think we should do a dog wink. I think we should do a book about dogs. And so, uh, you know, it was me, the, the, the title guy who said, yeah, yeah, dog winks. Let's do that. So we bim bam and we get those creative ideas directly from the source of all creativity. But um, we decided that, that this was going to be a book that, uh, that filled a need. And we put out the word that we were doing a book about dogs, but what has happened with every single book that we have done, when we put out the word for what we're looking for, it isn't just, I, I wouldn't give the credit to social media. We are, the stories are just divinely aligned to us. If we're doing a book about Div, uh, you know, being divinely aligned, then most of the stories are about divinely, uh, divine alignment of God winks and so forth. And so every single angle that we have, we have written about in, in this is the 12th book, uh, uh, the stories do come to us. We just have to be alert for them. Yeah. I feel like that's a great message in general for things in life, you know? Oh, right. Yeah. I think so. kind of flow to you if if you're in if you're in tune and you're open and you have faith things yeah. just kind of you have to be aware of them but you know they do happen and I think also with the God wink you know if you're aware and you're kind of open to seeing 
um, God's presence, then you will see more of those God winks around you. You are so right, Tracy. In fact, um, the whole God wink thesis began, like I said before, with a book 20 years ago. But it, the thesis has been shaped by the communications that we have had with our readers and and our our viewers and so we get little bits of information from people and just like that statement that you made uh, uh, that's that's very much in line with a statement that I I remember getting one time from a lady who said very simply God winks happen when you allow them to happen right I thought you know what you're absolutely right you we need to we need to allow God winks to happen. And that way we begin to develop the vision to see them. And there was somebody else who said to me, God has given you the eyes to see God winks. Well, I think I think God has given everybody on earth the eyes to see the God winks that they are getting. Everybody gets them. But sometimes they just go right on by because right. We have not tuned our eyes to see them. And so when we allow them and when we develop the eyes to see them, we are going to see God winks all the time, every day. And when we expect to see them, we will see them. I love it. And so with your Dog Winks book, I love that stories just kind of naturally came to you and you were able to, I'm sure you received a lot, sift through them and and pick out ones that were just so fitting and moving. So when you were doing that, did you ever get to meet any of the the dog owners or any of the dogs? Well, we didn't get to meet uh, too many of the dogs, but we sure, we get to meet the the principles of every story that we write about. Because uh, when we have a conversation, with the with the with the person who has had the God wink, um, we're usually drawn to their story because they've got a God wink in their story. But in conversation, as with all of us, God wink stories come out that we hadn't noticed that that we hadn't we hadn't we hadn't remembered or whatever, uh, and uh, and so. Oftentimes, and I would say most times, that when we talk to the to the principles of the story, we not only get other color uh, information, uh, coloration for the story, um, but we get more God winks or dog winks than they thought that they had, and so that's that's how uh, how these stories evolve. And with the the dog wink book. Um, there was one other thing that we wanted to put into it that I felt was uh, kind of important. In all the dog wink and all the God wink books, we can the, because the people can communicate to us. We can we can hear their emotions. We can hear what they were thinking about at a particular moment. We can we can talk to them about their reaction to a God wink and and how they thought from that point on after they had a wonderful God wink. Uh, but you can't do that with a dog because D-O-G and 
G-O-D, do not speak in a human voice. <laughs> and, and, and we did make a lot out of that, that dogs and God go together because they kind of, I think God works with dogs because they don't communicate in a human voice. So we felt that in the book, we needed to have some sense of what the dog was thinking at that particular moment, what the dog might have been uh, understanding about where they were and where the where the story was going and so forth, and so that was kind of fun to put that other that other dog's voice in every story ever so lightly, not to cross the line and and to uh, make believe the dogs are now talking. Uh, no, we were we were thinking about what they were thinking. And um, and so that's I think an important part of the dog wink line now the dog wink books. Yeah, and we are and, we are working on book two right now. By the way, if you've got more stories, we'd love to hear them. <laughs> well, you know, and just to share, um, you know, I had last year one of my I call her a spiritual mentor, but she was a good friend from church, and she passed away, and um, you know. Recently, my little dog had to go under surgery, and I was really worried. I mean, I was just a mess. And when I talked to the vet, the vet said, "You know, we have she's in good hands today. We have her with one of our, you know, our our best technicians helping out." And it was the same name as my friend who had just passed away. And I went, and it's a weird name. It's not a common name at all. And I went, hmm. You know, and I thought of that when I was reading your book. Yeah. Can you share the name? Uh, her name is Candy. Candy. Oh, yeah. yeah. How did she spell it? C-A-N-D-E-E. Ah, that would be the right way, I would think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is great. Oh, that's wonderful. That's a great God wink. And it's, and it's a perfect uh, example of how... God is always participating in everything that we are doing, everything that we're going through. And that's how he lets us know. Now, if, if we looked at this whole picture of God winks like a mathematician, most mathematicians say you can answer any question, you can come to any conclusion with math. And therefore, they often book me on TV shows sometimes with mathematicians, and they are there to tell the other side. Oh, okay. okay. All right. But I believe that if you, if you laid out all of the God winks that happen in our lives and you say, okay, what are the odds of that happening? What are the odds that your dear, dear friend with a unique name, a unique spelling for that name, who um, has gone and graduated to heaven, and you are still feeling her loss, and now you're in a situation where you're, you're, you're looking for emotional support, and, and your friend who would have otherwise given you emotional support, because she was your friend at church, that that the person who is now on the doctor's team has the very same name and the same spelling. Right. What are the odds of that, Mr. Mathematician? And <laughs> there are no odds with God, and there are no odds with God winks. That's the beauty of them. They yeah. come from divine origin. Yes. Yeah. 
But they, they are amazing, and they are so plentiful. I mean, if, if we talk to everybody about one of the best ways to start getting to know your God wings is to uh, either journal or put a piece of paper on the refrigerator door. And every time you get a God wink, no matter how big or how small, just write it down. And after three weeks, you if you don't have a full page, you'll be on your way and you will be astonished with how many God winks have happened and how often God talks to you all the time and you weren't even paying attention. It's like he's been calling you, ladies and gentlemen, a, a direct person to person call out of 8 billion people on the planet and you've been missing his calls. Right, <laughs> right. Or not hearing the phone ring. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So um, you're one of the stories in this book about Ruby. Um, yeah. I read that story and I went, oh, my God, like, what are the odds of that uh, yeah. type of thing happening? Um, that is just an incredible story. So is that the main premise for the Netflix show that's going to be coming out? Well, it's the it's a movie. It's a two hour full movie, yeah, a motion picture, and it's going to be uh, premiered on Netflix next February, and uh, we start shooting in about three or four weeks. And uh, I, let me tell you the story of Ruby, and, uh, and let me tell you a little bit about the backstory as to how that story came to us, because that exemplifies your other question as to how we get these stories. We pray together, my wife and I, we're advocates of partnered prayer. And during our morning prayer is when Louise got the message, maybe we should do a book about dogs. And it was on another day that we were praying together, we pray together every morning, uh, uh, that, uh, that she I had, it was right after our partner prayer, that she got an email on the Godwinkers page, which she is the admin for. And and uh, someone said, you ought to look at the story in the uh, uh, Providence Journal, Providence, Rhode Island Journal. There's a good Godwink story there about a dog. And so uh, Louise gave that to me <clears throat> and I looked into it. And it was a really terrific story. And I pursued it. And at that point, before the uh, pandemic, we were doing, I had been doing monthly segments on the Today Show for five years. And so we did that story for the Today Show segment. And so that that actually got a tremendous, tremendous uh, streaming uh, record and so forth. But so it showed that everybody loved it. But anyway, I wrote that uh, story in, uh, in the Dog Wink book. And let me tell you the story. Ruby was a seven-year-old pup, part Australian Shepherd, part Border Collie. If you know dogs, they are both bright, bright dogs. They are both high-energy dogs. And, um, and, and they are somewhat mischievous, perhaps. I don't know. But anyway, Ruby was. And Ruby was being trained by the volunteer who comes to the SPCA or came to it at that time to get the dogs ready for their adoption interviews if they go out and stay with a family overnight and so forth. And, um, 
and she wants to make sure that the dogs can put their best paw forward, you know. And so uh, she had the most hopes for Ruby because she loved Ruby, even though Ruby was just a little mischievous personality. Anyway, Ruby was returned four times. And, uh, and so everybody started getting worried because they knew that the SPCA had a limit somewhere. They didn't know quite know where it was, but they thought they were getting close to that limit as to how many times a dog can get returned and rejected, basically, and then they would have no choice but to euthanize. Well, Ruby was going out for her last interview, uh, and she came back. She was rejected one more time as two unmanageable and nipping children. And that got the lawyers all excited and worried and so forth. So uh, this uh, volunteer, her name was Pat Inman. Pat Inman got a call from the head of the, of the animal shelter and said, we're sorry to tell you that Ruby is going to be euthanized in two hours. That's what they try to use a big word to make it sound better. But they knew what they were doing. They were putting Ruby down. She said, you can't do that to Ruby. Ruby's smart. She's a very, very bright dog. There must be some place where we can we can get Ruby adopted. There, can't you take her, she said to the head of the, the, the SPCA. And he said, well, I took her home to try her out. I've got three dogs at home. And... It just didn't get along. None of them got along. She said, I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't do that. And then she said, um, uh, or the, the head of the, 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 the agency said, well, can't you take her, Pat? And Pat said, my husband told me if I brought home another dog, it was it. That was it. Uh, and so she said, I, I, I have a problem too. She said, did you try the state police? The state police said they have a canine unit. He said, you know what? For 10 years I've been here and I've tried that. And the, and the state police have never accepted a rescue dog. Pat Inman left the SPCA that day vowing not to return because she couldn't bear to even think about poor Ruby. That poor Ruby was going to be losing her life, and she was so sad about that. But after she left, the manager thought, well, why not call the SBCA? Why not call the canine unit? He did. The captain, here's divine alignment of Godwings. The captain had just gotten word, or the commander, his name was, uh, uh, he, he had just gotten word that he had lost the budget line item for a new dog. And they bought these dogs from the Czech Republic. They cost $15,000. And they're bred and trained for search and rescue. He was, he was uh, worried about that. And he was disappointed because he had a trooper who had been begging him to be in the canine unit for years now. And he, and he knew that he finally had to come up with a partner for this trooper if, if he was ever going to put these two uh, opportunities together. So here is a guy who is saying there's a very smart dog, needs some work, <laughs> understatement. And so the commander, Matt Zarella, goes out and he takes a look at Ruby. He determines that Ruby is smart, needs work, but... He decides to take Ruby. He matches him up with 
Trooper Dan uh, uh, Dan O'Neill of uh, of the state police in Rhode Island, and they became a powerful team. After six months of working night and day, Ruby finally emerged and decided that she'd rather be obedient than disobedient, like a child sometimes that is hard to bring around. And so, uh, but then Ruby really decided that this was a job she liked doing and could do, and a dog who has a job can sometimes act superior, and she became a champion among all of the other Hatsi Tatsi dogs, $15,000 dogs, she, the rescue dog, was right up there with them. And the story goes on, and about two or three years later, the Officer Dan and uh, the team at uh, the K-9 unit in Rhode Island get a call, and it's a very cold night in uh, in Providence uh, at that time. Uh, we live on Martha's Vineyard. It's just across the bay. And I remember that October, it was freezing, and it, it was especially cold. They got a call that there was a boy lost in the woods, and um, and they couldn't find it. That They sent out neighbors, couldn't find the boy, and so they called in the canine unit. They get there, and... Ruby bolts into the woods and going after her, trying to keep up with her is Trooper Dan and he's going up and down and over and through the woods and and he catches up and finds Ruby at the bottom of a ravine. There is a boy, blood coming from his forehead, coming from his uh, nose and, and plugging up his mouth and he takes the boy's pulse. He can hardly find it. It is so weak. And in the meantime, Ruby is doing a, a dog version of CPR, licking his face, licking his nose, licking his mouth and the boy takes in a breath. And Dan realizes the boy is alive. He radios the other units and uh, gives them his uh, GPS coordinates. And uh, and they start making their way in that direction. And then they're radioing back. We can't find you. The, the GPS is off. And so Trooper Dan says, Ruby, bark, bark, bark. And so Ruby keeps barking and barking until the other units can arrive. They take the boy, put him on a stretcher, take him out and put him in an ambulance to a hospital. And Officer Dan says, I'm going to go tell the parents. He gets to the parents' house and they start weeping. They're just overjoyed that that their, their son has been saved and it sounds like he's going to live and they've got the hospital they can go to and Trooper Dan turns to leave. And the mother says, oh, officer, have you ever heard of a dog named Ruby? And he said, ma'am, Ruby is the dog that just found your boy. And she cries again. And she said, my name is Pat Inman. I'm the volunteer who advocated for Ruby to live, but I never heard what happened. He said, ma'am, that means that the dog that you saved is the dog that just saved your life. He said, would you like to see Ruby? She, she's, in, she's in the truck. 
and they have a reunion because the moment that Ruby saw Pat Inman, she was just overjoyed. And it's such a great picture <laughs> of the two of them. Uh, and so that story, when told to the Netflix executives, made them cry. And I so, know, I'm like little teary-eyed <laughs> right now. And I've read the story already. I knew, I knew what I was to be prepared for. <laughs> and so anyway, so Netflix uh, said, that's the movie we want to make. And so we start shooting it in just a few weeks. <laughs> That's so wonderful. And I bet, you know, I'm sure that as you as you read these stories and as you write them, I mean, your way of, of sharing these stories in your writing is really profound. Um, you do. You're such a wonderful storyteller to where it's it's just it's just easy to follow and it's easy to just get lost in your words. It's it's really wonderful how you write. And um I'm sure that writing these stories, you probably receive just as much joy from writing these stories as you do with, you know, sharing them with people. Yes. Well, the way the way we write our books is that I'm the storyteller and my wife is the one who she has a sense of the overview and she has a sense of the emotion. And so she is always looking for ways that we can take that story and then edit it in a way that it that it that it highlights the emotion and the heartfelt message. So so we work together in that kind of a way. But I have to tell you, every time I do an interview and I the first thing I do is I tell Louise the story, I always get to the God wink and I always choke up and I always say why do I do that can't I just get you a story without crying my eyes out and so I realize that when that happens I think it's the Holy Spirit that's moving through me and that I shouldn't really blame myself for it I should say thank you Lord for moving through me and causing my emotions to bubble up because if mine can, then I, I, I think I think our readers can. I guess that's how you know it's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am really excited. So this book, um, Dog Winks, this goes on sale next week, correct? Yep, yep. on the fourth of May. 4th. Yep, and uh, we we are have great uh, anticipation for this book of hope to come along right at a time in our country and around the world where hope is a commodity that is needed. And, uh, and it, we also talk about the fact that uh, we, we, we have this, this idea that we talk about with the talk show producers that, that people and our neighbors can't always come together in agreement on things. But we can all come together and love each other's dogs. And so we dogs are a common ground for all of us, whether we are voted red or blue or whether we are black or white or whether we have faith or not faith. We can come along together 
and through our dogs. They are they are really our ambassadors for God. And when they when they when when they are the common ground. And so that's the message that we're going to carry out across the nation next week and the weeks after about uh, uh, dog winks. Been able, been able to spend time with you today, and um, and I'm very excited for your new book. And you are spot on when you say the world needs something like this right now. I think not just you know not not just Americans, but everybody. And I'm thrilled for this, and I'm excited for your Netflix movie. Um, so this is so wonderful, and um, thank you so much for spending time today. For anybody who's interested. Uh, Dog Winks is going to be available for sale next week on May 4th. You should pick up a copy. It's tearjerker. It's a heart warmer and you're going to love it. And um, thank you, Squire, so much for being here today. Well, thank you, Tracy. It's been a delight to be with you. God bless you. You too. Thank you. Bye. Bye.